You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, Cole. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Is it only Tuesday? This is a Friday. It is only Tuesday. This is a Friday after Tuesday. It does feel Friday. It does feel Friday. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. You waited for it. You waited all day for it. And here it is, delivered to your front doorstep. Hot off the presses. It's the, midnight in Serbia. It is midnight. They're, they're asleep. They're or 12, 22. We're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up and gamble on preseason. As we learned last night, take the under. It's preseason. These guys are all terrible. Take the underdog is what you mean. Take the underdog. <laughs> yeah, take, take not the, the under, the, the underdog. Are the Thunder the best team in the NBA? Also, I guess the Nuggets towards, yeah. usually are. Uh, I've got my esteemed colleagues here wearing the short shorts. How we doing? Uh, real low-fi, low-budget fit today. But hoodie season is upon us, you know, and I feel I feel good. Usually it's a high budget. Yeah, usually you get bougie on us. Yeah, well, you sometimes that outfit costs the same as what your outfit yeah. usually How much do your flower is? shirts actually cost? Yeah, like, oh, he's it like... It depends, man. It depends where I get it from. Sometimes what's the most expensive shirt you buy? I'll go Zara is like the high end. How much is that? Uh, I've paid like 80 to 100. Whoa! Big spender. Where's the air horns, Kale? Come on. Where are you at, dude? He just Whoa. said $80 <laughs> for a shirt. My God, Not man. Not most of them. Closer to free than $80. Uh, yeah, I would hope so. I shop at three stores, all that sell tall size shirts. Where do you shop? I got Eddie Bauer. You've got The Gap, which is the bummer one. And then you've got Kohl's, which is also oh, the bummer God. one. Two of these are big time bummers. But oh, they sell tall size. who make clothes. Tell me sell tall sizes. Kohl's, bro. Oh, Dude, man. are you kidding? Kohl's, the Sonoma, I'm, good for life I'm brand. so glad Superstar Dev is not on this show right now to hear <laughs> yeah. that. He is disappointed. You know what you. Dev is? A regular sized human being. It makes things easier. Over here, though, I got Harrison Wind. Also regular sized. I'm wearing... Oh, Showtime. Little Showtime. Uh, fit for the occasion. I think we're going to be talking about some Michael Porter Jr. today. Coming yeah. off the first real practice of the year, and uh, boy, was it a doozy. This, this technically was the first practice, wasn't it? Yeah. Malone, there's a lot of lies that have been told in the last week. There's a lot of lies. People are lying. Guys, somebody, uh, who is it? Uh, Professor Krastovac, uh Lee says, uh, Jokic really doesn't like media. We've been telling you guys this for years. <laughs> these guys do he not, does like, not like it. We're one week into none of these guys like it, and they all realize they have to lie to kind of get the message across. Except for Jamal Murray. And that's been this actually year, oh, one of the real treats. Our guy? The Jamal Murray return, man. <laughs> You're talking about our guy? It really seems like he's enjoying 
doing media, which oh, that's I, oh, I, I hope yeah, it lasts. Yeah, like I'm a not month. Give me the give me the date that's no longer true. Yeah. <laughs> He's engaging, man. He's yeah. thoughtful. I, it was great talking to him last night. It, it it's been great. Yeah, it has been great. Um, so today we're gonna go over practice notes. We just got back. We talked to Nikola Jokic. We talked to Bones Highland. We talked to Michael Malone. All of them had I thought interesting things to say. Maybe it's just that we're out of practice, but I found it interesting. General managers across the NBA guys have voted. They have placed have their they? votes. They have silent votes, so you know that they were honest. And guess what? Words in. Almost every single GM believes Nikola Jokic the best center in the NBA. Honestly, wow. No contest. Yeah. No contest. The gap is widening by the, the year. The gap is absolutely widening. We'll talk about why that matters. <laughs> Segments two and three. That's a hell of a tease. Um, Harrison, you were at practice with me today. That's where you vote. But Harrison, I know I you, you've curated some notes. <laughs> um, I want to go over these notes in, in sort of detail. But just give me your first of all, what was your big takeaway from today's media availability? <sighs> My big takeaway from today's media availability. I thought... What Michael Malone said at the very end of his availability was maybe the most noteworthy thing he said, talking about shot selection. Shot selection is going to be a buzzword. Like this is it was it's Ses- a theme. I'd you know, say. Sesame Street. Every time when the word is said the first time, it's like ding. That's our word yeah. of the day. Shot selection might be one of them. Yeah. And you know, he was talking about how over the summer during Denver's off-season runs in the gym. They had different point totals assigned to different types of baskets. Mid-range shots were worth one point. Uh, Three-pointers were worth three. Corner threes worth four. Shots at the rim were worth three, I think, also. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, they. this is a theme of the season. It's a theme with a lot of teams this time of year. Cutting out the mid-range shots, especially early in the shot clock passing up good shots for great shots. And I think the belief is, and we know this, if the Nuggets really run their offense, they should get a wide open three or a shot at the rim every single time. And that's what Michael Malone wants most of – that's what he wants mostly. So he talked a lot about that today. Or not a lot, but he had a very interesting quote about it today. To me, it's actually – it's simultaneously one of the most frustrating parts, but also one of the most beautiful parts about basketball and in about this team in particular. I always say basketball is a spiritual game. This team has so many players that are good enough not to wait for an A-plus shot. They just have so yeah. many. Yoke doesn't need to wait for an A-plus shot. Yeah. You know how good Jokic is at C-minus shots? He's really right. good at them. Right. Jamal Murray's the same. Bones Island the same. Michael Porter obviously the same. So to me, it's an interesting tension because there is this push and pull of do I trust do I accept that my role might not be the most fun role because I have to trust this? Do I am I capable of trusting that the offense arrives at you know the yeah. seven passes and we're going to find the open guy there? Those are really really tough questions. And to me, we're one week into this season. We are one preseason game into it. To me, it's like theme number one sure. of the season is going to be this team is so dynamic, and that is probably going to be one of the struggles. I, I, they might find a connection and just stay in that for a certain time, but I just feel like it's going to be, it's not going to be a natural thing. We'll get to mm-hmm. we'll get to the naturalness of this in a yeah. second. But I think Malone drilling at home at the beginning of the season, it's it's the right thing to do, <laughs> sure. and it's kind of predictable because you know you drill your points of emphasis home now, 
that's how you want to start the year. Eventually, you know, I think everybody knows. All like, right, I'm hijacking this. Yeah. I'm hijacking this to disagree, though. And I'm curious, you're, you're, you're t- you can play mediator here on the two perspectives. I feel almost a little less encouraged th- than you do, kind of of like Malone's going to hammer this home now and make that a thing. Look, Yoke was very interesting today as well. And Yoke, I thought, was very good with media today. Like, he actually, I thought, opened up a little bit. But one of the things he was asked about, I mean, he was asked about this specific thing and how's the chemistry or this, or actually, the first question he was asked was, what, you know, what was the struggle with the game or something of that? And he basically said, oh, it wasn't a surprise at all. It's the same things as last year. He's kind of getting at, to me, it almost sounded like, it's not a Michael Malone's going to drill this in and that message is received and then we work on it. It was more of like, we know what our problem is. We just never seem to be able to get the solution. We know what the solution is. We just never seem to be able hmm. to do it. Not in this fatalistic way. I'm just saying that Yoke, t- to me, I took away from Yoke's comments today. He was more or less like, guys, there's no mystery. We know what it is. We don't always defend the paint well. We don't always have great shot selection. We don't always get back in transition. It's not like we don't know those are the things, but for some reason we still don't do it. And that's not a this year thing. This is a year's thing. Right, but it's different this year with different personnel, and there's the balance of the habit building starts now versus it's a first preseason game. How many of these important guys are moderating, right? Working in moderation, not pushing it too hard. You know, Aaron Gordon, who Jokic himself said today is a key part to that defense, I thought wasn't playing particularly hard on that end of the floor in that first game. Not surprising. So there, there is a, I, there's something too in the preseason. Malone can't not coach, right? It is his job. He has to try to do this. But I also think players are going to have a slightly different perspective on like on on wanting to see it manifest in that moment. I want to address Dylan Wallace here. I think it's what says Wallace. He says the vibes feel weird. I, I want to make something clear that's be more apparent to me more as time goes on. We are breaking down and analyzing micro details. And when you do that, inevitably, you're going to make small things seem like bigger things. I, would I say the vibes right. feel weird? Last week, I said the vibes feel great in camp. I still think that. Right. I just think that there are like the the Nuggets are one week into the season, and I just feel like they kind of know what their challenge is. Not that they're not going to figure it out, solve it, this or that. So again, I think if we were analyzing this in the proper context, it's like, hey, here's some things. None of this is big deals. And I, but when we talk about it for 30 minutes, it feels like a bigger deal. So I just want everyone to kind of be aware of that. It's fun to talk about though. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I thought was the most interesting quote. And it was the one that I tweeted out today. Um, it was from Jokic and it was on building chemistry. And he says, I think that just happens. He was asked about this team. Like, are they building chemistry and the unit, the starting unit? I think that just happens. Of course you need to work on it, but I think some teams cannot reach that level of chemistry and some teams reach it right away. So I think we can control that and we still cannot control that. So we will see basically seeing chemistry is a thing that you both have to work at, but also a thing that comes natural and you can only control what you can control. And the implication was he doesn't know if this is which one of this team is. He doesn't know if it is a we're going to get there or if this is a like some team, some players just don't have chemistry. To me, that was the most illuminating answer he gave. Do you feel do you not feel the same way? You're kind of shocked by that, I think. It was a good answer. I thought it was definitely interesting. It was um, honest too, which I yeah, I, mean, I think great. it was honest. Nuggets have a lot of new guys this year. Yeah. And this is a different starting five. It's only one new player, but it's also two guys coming back who really didn't play at all last year it's a different starting five 
There's Bruce Brown off the bench. I think his fit is is something that is interesting and could be talked about. Um, DeAndre, like, there's just a lot of new players and new pieces. Um, and I got to think that's a little bit, you know, of what he's referring to there. Yeah, I mean, I you think about Porter, for me, with that comment, not... Well, I mean, you think of him because does Yoke feel like he has chemistry with Jamal Murray? Right, precisely. The, yes. He said today that he likes the way KCP plays. Yep, and he feels and he like likes, this. Yeah, so it is, look, there's, and it's you've, I thought, for, I think, frameless nicely in the past. Porter may always kind of feel like an appendage, like he's just hanging off the team a little bit. but And it's not always going to feel within maybe the flow of what Jamal and Jokic would like to do. But both Jokic and Malone... This this season for them, a lot of it's going to be about trying to figure out what's that threshold and is Porter past it in terms of talent. Like, you see, if if Jamal and and Jokic get the green light to just sort of play the way they want to play, is is Porter good enough to also eventually just earn that green light, or can he be molded into something that fits more nicely into what Malone or Jokic would like? And and is that futile? You know, I think that process, that question is something we're going to be checking back in on every few weeks. It's Chemistry is such a funny one. It actually reminded me of when Kenneth Freed was here, when Paul Millsap first arrived. I asked Jokic, like, those two guys didn't necessarily hit it off right away. There was a little bit of a clunkiness to it. And I remember asking him about chemistry then, and he's like, hey, like some guys it's right away and some guys you have to work on. And I asked with Kenneth Freed, how was it? And he said it was right away. Right. And I always remember that. Now, Clearly, the Nuggets were better with Paul Millsap than they were with Kenneth Freed. So this is not a value. One is better. But it was one of those things that when I hear the today's quote and I hear that one, it's like, look, we know this inherently. We all have friends that we met. And it was like day one. We just became friends because, sure. man, we just are the same kind of people. We enjoy each other's company. And then there are people... The more people you know in life, it's like, hey, I like this guy. I don't love him. It's a little bit of work to be around this person all the time. You know, like there's those types of relationships. In sports... These are people that are given to you, not people that right. you pick. So you're going to have people that you naturally find a personal chemistry with and a basketball chemistry with and some people that, that take less. And I say all that to say, to me, it was the most illuminating because we all hope that the Nuggets assemble and they just click right away and they reach this dynamite level and we have the 2015 uh, Warriors on our hands. Doesn't appear that's going to be the case. We'll see if it clicks on the basketball we'll court. See. We'll it see. Could. It's still, it, could. it could still click yeah. in the next week or two right. and that would be ridiculously fast. But I do think... I just would not be surprised if this is going to be more of a ebbs and flows. Team looks great. Team falls out of rhythm. Has to find that rhythm. Falls yeah. out of it again. I mean, you say that, but then the Nuggets could have, I think, poor chemistry all season and not be on the same page and still win 50 games. Oh, the, of course. That, that's the thing about that's this team. The yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the so talent is so high. That's what you can feel so good about. We hold this team to such a high standard right? because of the talent. Because they have the back-to-back MVP, because how experienced they are, how deep they are, like they should be, I think, the best team in the West. They should be, they should play with the same chemistry and cohesion that some of those Warriors teams played with and some of those Spurs teams played with. They right. should get there. You know, even if they only get to seventy-five percent of that, they're still going to be one of the best teams in the West, and they can still win a championship. But that's part of what makes Malone's job so hard, right? If they're going to get to that, as we've sort of described at Golden State level, he can't let things slip through the cracks starting now, preseason game one, right? He's got to he's gotta be the one that's pushing the team, and we, and more specifically MPJ, right, towards yeah. that 
model of success. But I think they can get there. I like, think for the record, I, I think this team can absolutely get to one of those types of levels by the end of the season. Me too. But I kind of understand why Malone maybe senses whether he's right or wrong that he needs to be hyper focused on it because Porter is so good that he can sort of take those out of the flow shots, hit them, and you win enough games that is he doing the reflection that things need to change? You know, has the has the team done that reflection? That is Michael Malone's job, and it's a it's a a tight rope to walk. Yeah. yeah. What else you want to take us through on this from today's media availability? Um, should we talk about Hubies? Let's talk about some Hubies, Let's talk about man. Hubies. I feel so like old talking. <laughs> Hubies are a new term that Hubie, by the, the way, is the best this year. best color commentator. I think maybe of all time. He's, wow. he's Hubie. Hubie was like one of those. He was like Peyton Manning. I don't know if you guys remember. He still does it, I think, from time to time. But he's like Peyton Manning in his ability to be like, I wouldn't be surprised if coming out of this timeout, they try to run that action over. Yep. And then they'll just run it exactly. <laughs> like he, he was one of those guys. We're that would, Tony Romo-ish. Yeah, mean? Tony Romo. Yeah, Tony, he was one of those guys that always saw the game and it would explain it to you. But yeah. he would explain it to you like your grandpa. So the Hubies are a new term that you'll hear a lot with the Nuggets this season. It comes from Hubie Brown. The origin exactly is still a little hazy to me. I don't really get it, but it's from Hubie Brown. And a Hubie is pretty much when a shot goes up and you either don't crash the glass or you don't get back in transition. Right. It's when you're doing nothing. <laughs> um, if you get a Hubie, it means you're not doing anything for us. And the point is to clean up the Nuggets' transition defense. Um, and so the Nuggets are tracking this during every game. They had 25 of them, I believe, last night against the Thunder. Yikes. It's when you're not doing really anything. Hubies, guys. So this was, more backstory, Malone and the coaching staff every year, they look at the data, they look at the tape, they analyze the year, and they say, what were we bad at? And then they go, why were we bad at it? And, and to Malone, right, we're bad at defense. We're bad at paint defense. We're bad at the transition. Why are we bad at those? And one of the things he came away with was we're bad because we just have a habit of like standing around and watching things, watching this or that. So that was the idea, I think. And I couldn't get him to answer this honestly. Did you notice I tried to ask him, did he come up with that before training camp or during? And he didn't actually answer that. Yeah. I, so I don't know if this was a thing they got into camp and was like, they're not getting it. How do we make a thing? Nonetheless, they made a thing. Players have to do something when the shot goes up. Um, and to be honest with you, it was funny. We asked Bones Highland, like, did you have any Hubies last night? And he's like, I had all Hubies. Like, <laughs> I just had Hubies left or right. Um, he doesn't know who Hubie Brown is, I don't think. I mean, come on, he's 20 years old. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm not saying he should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's why Malone is hilarious. This is like the Keystone Cops, you know? Yeah. Like, I had no idea who they were, and I'm 38. <laughs> but Malone's his references all end in 1940. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kill its reference from yeah. 1920 to 1940. Yeah. Um, I like. I think it's a good rule. I think that if we had to do the early returns on how well is tracking this doing, I would say nothing. It's making no impact. Nuggets <laughs> collected oh, one game. Bad transition defense. <laughs> one game. Hubies were collected by everyone yeah, in large of numbers. Hubies. Well, yeah. well, now they've got uh, plenty of room for growth. Yeah. Now they've got a nice baseline to improve on. Yeah. Yeah. You do get to hit your bingo, though, uh, wind. I think you were the one that predicted, you know, Malone raid. I don't think they were going to practice today, guys. You call it practice. Usually you get a day off. You do training camp, yep. all of that. You get here. You take a day off, like a little break in the action. They practice today, 
And the I think it was Wynn that was like, you know, I bet Malone's going to come in ste- or steamed last night, oh, yeah. orders a practice, wakes up in the morning and realizes it's a long season and he probably right. did them. And I feel like that was more or less what happened. They like, did a light practice. Light, very light. Lots of film. Cleaning up the details. Yeah. Stuff like that. Do you, I mean, is that film session just like, do you guys see how shitty you played? Like, are you, <laughs> look at this. Just watch. I'm telling you, man, the longer I'm around this, <laughs> the coaches, when I hear about the coaches in Europe and just how much they can like throw a guy out after we have one game or something like this. And it's like, hey, he kicked him off the team, even though he was the champ and the right. MVP. And then you get here because you hear Malone and how he preaches and preaches and does this. And then you talk to the players and they're like, Oh yeah, I think I remember him mentioning something. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> Hugh, that sounds familiar. That sounds Hubie? familiar. Uh, yeah, like he said it forty-five times this month. Like he us. said it was the single most important thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The NBA is weird. Man, dude. I I have so much respect for Michael Malone. Like preseason game number one, <laughs> and he gets up to the podium after, and it's just like we didn't get better tonight. Yeah, and it's like this is such a long season. There's but he's Four right. more preseason say, games. There's 82 regular season games. We're going to be doing this a lot. Like, this is going to be going on a lot for the next six months. But the, this is to me, though, but this is success, Harrison. This is what I'm getting at. This is what I'm getting at. This is why I respect him. Yeah. Because he's just a militant about yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And he just drills it in every single day. And to have the ability to do that from training camp practice number one until the playoff start is like a hell of a task. And the fact that he's just so dedicated to it, that's what being a coach at this level is about. You just got to do that. I think in the basketball gods gave him Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> but it's because you can't climb a mountain in one step, right? Absolutely. You have to go, and I think that's yeah. Malone is he has to look at everything of was today moving forward or moving backward. I can't ever accept moving backward. I don't have to finish the race today, but I just have to be like, do we move forward? And I agree with him. I don't think the Nuggets got better in that game, other than maybe it was a wake-up call, which is the only thing you could hope for. So I kind of agree with him. Where else do you want to go here? Uh, He talked about Jokic, his wrist. It seems like it's fine. They're not really saying much on it, but he participated in practice fully today. They didn't really do any scrimmaging or anything, but he was a full participant. Didn't have a brace on it or anything as far as we could tell. And Malone was saying how, look, he had this lengthy summer, a lot of traveling, a lot of playing. He said, I know there's fatigue there. I'm talking physical, emotional, mental. So they just have to be smart, Malone said, with how you know much they're doing on a daily basis with him. He, all he, Yoke was weird about the wrist. He was like, it just felt weird. Yeah, he, he, said, he said that he's not super concerned, but then... His answer didn't actually make me feel less concerned. He said it just felt weird, and he isn't sure if it's connected to the lingering. If it's a lingering thing, remember he had that wrist issue last year as well. So He did say, though, that he loved the way the the first unit played in the second stint. And he said that's the way we're supposed to look, um, which I think mm-hmm. is good. And then he also said the pick and roll with Murray felt really good. Even in the first stint, he said he felt it, it felt really good. So yeah. those things are encouraging. Um, and then I love it. He did tell one lie today, you guys. The low shot. He only took one shot. Yeah, he Why? He said it just happened. It was just Liar. the rhythm of the Bullshit. game. Liar. <laughs> Bullshit. That's, a, uh, That's not lie. true. Does he not think we've learned over the last <laughs> eight <laughs> years? Like we can tell when he's bullshitting us and when he's not. 
He's earned the right, though. I'm not even going to call him on it. Oh, Just like whatever. Dude. All right. Lyos, like, Lyos. That's, like, that's the game. <laughs> that's what you got to say. It's the entire yeah. game. That's why I know? laugh when Christian Brown, at the uh, when he was asked about the Kansas City Chiefs or whatever, when he's like, I can't, I have to tell the truth. Like, no, you don't. It's like, what? <laughs> yes, you do. That's right. That's right. You do have to tell the truth about this. Yeah. Don't you ever forget it. Um, all right. Let's take a break. On the other side, maybe we'll wrap up a few other thoughts from practice today as well as get to the GM survey, which is always fun. Always fun to talk. Always love a good survey. Breckenridge (laughs) Brewery, they're having a hoot nanny. They're having a birthday coming up 32 years young. To celebrate, Breck Brew is throwing a weekend-long hoot nanny. Kick off the fall with live music, food and beer, and games. This is coming up, guys, October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. They've got national acts like Spin Doctors and local favorites. Railroad Earth rocking out, so stay tuned. Uh, We'll let you know all the details when that's coming up closer. The Breck Brew Hoot Nanny, October 8th and 9th. Check out the link in the description for more information or go to breckbrew.com uh, for more details on tickets and the artist lineup. At DraftKings Sportsbook, guys, NFL's in full swing, obviously. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. In addition to usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. The more legs you add, the bigger the payout. Check out the stepped-up same-game parlays from DraftKings. Once per game, you can do those all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Awesome. I want to let everybody know we're back tomorrow, 4 o'clock Mountain Time. And guess what? We have a special guest. Oh, man. One of my favorite episodes of the year. Wow. Ariana Lenarski, a.k.a. our tarot witch. She is going to be here. She's Tomorrow is the day. She's our witch. She's a benevolent witch. And she's going to tell us how the season... Tomorrow we find out how the season goes. I know. We don't even need to play the games. We don't even need to finish out the preseason. So true. After the episode tomorrow... We'll have so much clarity. On a scale of one to ten, like, actually, don't, don't do a scale. What would you say your level of excitement is versus your level of nervousness? Oh, oh I'm a 10 out of 10 nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, this is going to decide the entire year. So I mean, think about how last year she pulled nine of wands, and then all we did was get our asses kicked. <laughs> Yeah. So true. As a community. We were the nine of wands all year. For a year. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. The nine it's of It's so wands. funny, man. Like, we, we've had some great dnba shows over the years yeah we've had you know the game seven wins against the jazz and the clippers we've oh, had uh, just inc- some incredible snake drafts throughout the offseason <laughs> well if you ask a lot of our <laughs> listeners what their favorite episode is it's a lot of times yeah the tarot card reading episode like, sure, this is what Anna. the people pay to see it definitely is so we'll be doing that tomorrow at four o'clock can't wait um i'm also extremely nervous all right there was a gm surge- survey or actually, do you want to put a bow on any of these notes? Wind, I'll give you the chance just to wrap it up here. Um, we did have a couple videos I know that that I sent Kale of the play that okay. Michael Malone could have been talking about when, when it he comes talked to about Michael Porter. Okay, why don't we roll that beautiful footage? So it could have been this one. This one was um at the very beginning of the game, kind of clunky. Yo calls for it. No mid range. Boom, he makes it. 
So All it right. could have been that one. It also could hold have been. Hold on, hold on a second. Let's analyze this one. Was that a good shot? No, because it's a mid range contested with no rebounders. Do I mind Mike taking that one specifically? Me personally, no. Like to no. me, that's a shot that, again, you have to pick your spots to take that one. But every player has to pick their spots to take them. I'm fine with him taking those ones. I will say this I do think Michael Porter can score 20 points a night without that one. Like, yeah. if he just were to erase that one, I still think the team can find 20 points per night. Mm-hmm. It takes an enormous amount of trust. But do I personally feel like that's one that I would have a point on? Absolutely not. To me, Michael Porter's going to shoot 51% on those, which is a per- 52% on those, yeah. which is good enough. Yeah. I agree. And he's good enough. Like, he's, I think he crosses the threshold of talent where you, you live with that. The one thing I will say is trust is a funny thing. Right. If Jamal Murray takes that, Steph Curry takes that one. Warriors fans or Warriors players are like, yeah, it's Steph Curry. Like he's earned all of this trust with us. Michael, he's earned it in terms of we all know he can make it. Yeah, sure. But like sure, the team sure. is trying to build some kind of continuity. So right, again, right. just pick your spots on that one. And to it's me, funny when them. Malone was talking about this today, he also said how Nikola Jokic is a great mid range shooter. I don't want to take that away from him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What's uh the other play? Okay, here's the other one. Okay. This is also a clunky possession, too. You know what's funny about this play real, real quickly? Man, this is actually a hilarious play. If it was on the list, I would have put it on the list. Yeah, sidestep backwards. Late, but this is oh my late, God. late shot clock. It is late shot clock. All right, so here's an interesting thing about this one. This it's is one of the Nuggets' base plays. They run this one all of the time. Yeah. It's a screen-to-screener action. So what's funny is Yoke makes an interesting decision on this play that you might not have noticed. He The base set of this of, of this play actually has him running a two-man game with uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Hmm. Instead, he goes over to what's called the strong option on this one, which becomes basically calling Michael Porter's number. So I say all that to say that he is in this play, Jokic is audibling. I mean, it's really just read and react. But he's choosing the one that gets Michael Porter the ball. Funny enough, Michael Porter decides, nope. He doesn't come off the screen. I want it in he's the post. Short. He's short. Well, no, it's not even that he wants it in the post. The, he could have come off an Aaron Gordon screen and a handoff from Jokic and gone right into a jumper, which is what Jamal always does. He comes off of a two-person screen, gets the ball, and then it's like you probably can shoot that because the defense has been sucked up. Yoke rolls to the rim, probably gets offensive rebound if you miss. That's, that's the base option there. Porter, as he often does, shortcut that one. He goes off the first screen and then cuts into the post, but he doesn't cut to receive the pass. To your point, he receives it to to post up. And then the team accommodates him further. Yeah, they just clear out. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. They don't just clear out. They run him into the post. So he cuts to go to the post. Then I don't remember if he passes who if he passes to Gordon or he per, it but anyway, they get the ball to him in the post. Yeah. I say all that to say twice the team basically was like, we're going to try to get you the ball on this play. Hmm. So in an interesting one, and he did make the weirdest possible decision, which was to go to the post to begin with, and then to take a sidestep yeah. baseline like nobody fall away. in the history of the Jokic offense sets up there. there there's a weird <laughs> thing with Jokic and, and MPJ, right? Where you definitely, I don't, trust is not the word, and the body language is rough. But I saw someone say like Jokic doesn't believe in MPJ, and that's where I would draw the oh, line. Oh, same. Yeah, I, I think Jokic knows exactly how valuable a thousand can percent. be, and so he will and does look for him. I just think he'll also get often frustrated throughout the process. I put this in the DNVR Discord, but when we were watching the scrimmage, one of the plays that stood out to me after Porter had made these mistakes, by the way, on the defensive end that I had highlighted the other day on the pregame show. After he had made those mistakes in the scrimmage. 
he hits a three. He hits two threes in a row, basically, in between mistakes. Jokic called his number on the third time. It was right. like a he's heating up NBA Jam style. He's like, mm-hmm. well, he just hit two threes in a row. Let me just call his number, set a hard screen so that he gets a wide open three. And he missed it. But nonetheless, to me, I'm like, Porter just messed up two defensive assignments, made two threes. And on the next possession, Jokic's like, who else would I go to? I'm going to yeah, Mike. He's hot. So, like, yeah, I'm with you a, on this. Yoke yeah. fully, I think, understands how good Michael Porter is. I honestly, this is my personal belief. Like, I don't think it is, mm-hmm. but I also do think there's something too. They called his number twice. He gave himself the toughest option and then hit it in the same place. So that play to me was one of the ones when I was analyzing it. I was like, this is a hilarious decision tree. You made the wrong decision en route to making the shot. Yeah. Like, it, this is so Malone's funny. quote was Michael Porter made a contested mid range two last night. The spacing was awful. The execution was awful, and the shot went in. <laughs> Poor possession, poor shot. We it's can get second, better than that. It's the second one. Yeah. And, and it's because, like I said, that play called for better options. Mm. He somehow called the worst of all so options that, so and then made it. And that's Malone's point there, right? It's not, it's not I didn't want Mike shooting the ball. It's, I didn't the whole want, team was I, trying to get him a shot. I didn't right. want him to take that shot. Right, so, right. Yeah, that, I think that, that play is actually, it was when we were watching it live, it was one of the ones that, again, if I did a list for that one, it would have been like number one because I would have been, this is the yeah. Michael Porter experience I, in a nutshell. All right, I'm just going to do what we should do i'm going to acknowledge a hater comment ask the people who actually play bat we did this is a whole show about practice where we asked them we're talking about their answers dominique sorry wow you got a little Damn. spicy i'm fired up dominique you know it's early in the year for you man you let a hater get to you See, this i know now you know yeah. how dominique professional athletes feel when they uh, log on yeah. to twitter yeah. you, true, you can't deal with the heat obviously and i make just as much as they do <laughs> <laughs> that's so true all right, so anything else? Um, Bones Highland also talked today. And look, one of the big things that came out of last night's game was Michael Malone called out Bones Highland post-game. You know, he said a lot of us didn't play well, but he specifically singled out Bones. Yeah. And was like, I thought it took a couple plays off. And Bones did not play well at all last night, but it seems like Bones came back today to practice, put it behind him, and like took the constructive criticism and got better because of it. So so that was pretty encouraging to hear. Bones did say he was like, I felt some, like someone took my powers last night. I had no energy. And um, it wasn't the Bones we were used to last night. Right. But yeah. I think it was... God, I loved that interview with Bones today. He gets it. He talked to Malone about it. You know, I think he received criticism well from Malone. They seem to have that relationship. Yeah. It's probably going to be closer to Mike, Michael Malone and Jamal than Michael Malone and Mike Porter. <laughs> you know, like I think he's, I think Malone's going to be able to send some aggressive texts and Bones going to take it the right way. Um, yeah. So there's, I, I liked the way that Bones just came out and owned it completely today. Mm-hmm. I, and I just want to make it clear. I think Porter wants all the right things, man. He says all the right things. Yeah. And I honestly think he wants it. Like, of course. These yeah. things Me about too. him again are just the like, everybody's trying to row in the, the same direction. I saw somebody even in the here says, Lone needs to stop hating on MPJ. Guys, the Nuggets gave him a max contract <laughs> off of t- two seasons. Like, I don't, I honestly, I understand how people can can feel this way of like, how come you're criticizing? I'm like, guys, that's what a coach does. A coach right. is supposed to push athletes yep. to their absolute limit and try to get them to all be rowing in the same direction. Yeah. And um, it's not easy. You, you know, you reward don't? them by giving them shots, yeah. by giving them minutes, and by giving them $170 million. <laughs> like literally the most they could yeah. possibly give him. When you don't coach that way, look at what happened in Brooklyn. Oh, a thousand oh, percent. Wow. So to me, yeah. I think everybody is like in awe of Porter's talents. And he's just the last one added to the equation of the main pieces. It's always the hardest for the last piece for sure. to be added in. And for sure. that's just the way it goes. He's so good though. <laughs> Anything else wind? 
That's all I got. All right, let's get into the GM survey, guys. Mm. I want it. This is always fun. Uh, vote. Why don't you take the wheel for this one? I think you curated this list. Yeah, sure. Um, should we go through? How many should we go through? I have like probably just all of them. I have like eight. I don't know. You want to just start and see where we get? Yeah, let's hear right. it. We, can I, we got a team one first. We're gonna there's a lot of talk about yoke in this survey, but oh, is there? How about them Denver Nuggets? Uh, we feel confident about a potential championship here in Denver. How do the GMs feel? Which team will win the 2023 oh, I'm sure NBA Finals? Racing to place their best. That's right. They all picked the Nuggets. No. Wow. It's Bucks one, Warriors two, Clippers three, Celtics four. I love last year Brooklyn Nets. That's 72%. 72%. Even the GMs, man. Bro. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, just Can I tell you something? Yeah. I wonder how this would have gone like t- a week ago before the EMA thing. Because Boston at 11% seems awfully low. But that just shows you how, how things have changed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, now it feels. Is high. it interesting that there's only four teams? Usually, there's like other teams receiving votes. There was only four teams that received so votes from all out of thirty GMs. Interesting, you bring that up. Let's look at the voting breakdown just for the Western Conference rankings. Kale okay. should have that as well. Does he? And you'll see Denver got ten percent of the. Oh, this is just the regular season rankings. Excuse me. So this is a different thing. But Denver, ten percent of the vote to finish in second. No percent of the vote to finish in first. Uh, Clippers and Golden State, forty-eight percent each. So the thing that surprised me about this one was Phoenix being ahead. Like, so we just saw Boston get discounted basically for their bad vibes going in. Right. Why not Phoenix? Is this what it looks like when they're discounted, though? Like, wouldn't that number be a lot higher if you know? Like, they're still good, mm-hmm. but ahead of Denver. I'm just saying, like. Mm. That's kind of interesting to me. Nonetheless, Denver at four feels right. Those yeah. those four teams, Phoenix, I would probably swap, but less for basketball reasons and more for just it seems like. The way the Clippers are getting hyped this summer, they better win the championship next year. They better breeze through the playoffs and win the championship. Yeah. I want that series real bad. All right, let's look at some individual stuff, though. We talk a lot about a particular fellow on this show. His name's Nikola Jokic. Uh, who's the best center in the NBA, Kale? The GMs were polled. Survey says, landslide, Jokic, 79% of the vote. And that's up from last year where he took 63% of the vote Wait, in the same category. Last year where Joel Embiid was robbed of the MVP, but they <laughs> actually became more effusive in their Jokic praise? That's right, yeah. Even though Embiid was robbed that's of the MVP? Right. Yep. This is crazy. But if you ask any GM, they would tell you it's Joel Embiid, right? Because they're... The no, Hoopers, no, though. no, it would look, it would look like wow. 79%. <laughs> also, Giannis is not a center. Giannis is closer to Embiid than, Jokic, than he is to Jokic, technically, that according to the math. Who do you guys think is the third best center in the NBA? Because it's Giannis. I don't know what to do. Joe, it's, Giannis Giannis it's, it's a, easy. It's Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Giannis isn't a center. It's Rudy Gobert. Are you being sincere? I'm being sincere about okay, it. I can't, I can't tell, honestly. Well, I mean, there's not, like, there's not like a murderer's row of centers out there. I mean, Bam Adebayo, some people yeah, will tell Towns, you, but come Bam. on. No, you're right. It's <laughs> come on. All right. Um, all right. Towns. We talked a lot about Eurobasket, the international game, the international takeover. Who's the best international player in the mm, NBA, fellas? I feel a little disrespected here. Yeah. I feel a little disrespected. I expected to see Giannis here at number one. Do you guys know how sad I am Serbia lost? I wanted Serbia to win so bad so I could talk all this trash. Me too. <laughs> and here I am. They lost in the round of 16. Yeah, it stinks. Gosh dang it. It stinks a lot. Was there a who's the best player in the NBA poll? No, it was like who would you build your team around? This is such a cop-out by oh, yeah. <laughs> whoever put this survey on. <laughs> they asked about 55 different questions. How could you just not ask who the best well, player Well, do you have MVP is? on here? We do. Okay. 
Do you want to go to that now or should we? I mean, it just seems like a natural. Yeah, it seems like a natural fit. Let's go to MVP, Kel. All right. Yoke's on here for sure. Wait a second. Oh, wait a second. Luka Doncic, 48%. For the third year in a row, Luka Doncic is the favorite for MVP. (laughs) Was it really KD last year? 37%. Isn't that wild that KD was the guy that well, they predicted? Well, everyone thought they were going to win the title. Actually, if you remember, KD like, kicked ass in that Milwaukee He was the series. number one player he in, was in so, the rank last year. He was so good in that playoff series, and it carried over, and then they, they lost, and he was like not that great in this one, so he's really lost it. Um, I'm okay with this list. I think it's kind of funny that Joel Embiid's at 14%, though. Well, he is. Uh, what did Ramona say? Like, he, he's owed one, right? He's owed it? one. It's his yeah, time like, now. Oh, yeah. God. Like, it's his time. One person I never have to want to listen to again. Um, the funniest outcome of the MVP this year? James Harden. To me, it would be the funniest way the MVP could go. <laughs> Can There's you, no way. It would be so funny, though. He can't win MVP. Who, who? No, he can't. It's that no, if they're can't. both... If they're, <laughs> if they're candidates, like, they're both in the top four, and then Embiid gets hurt in, like, February, but Harden leads them to an even better record down the stretch. Who who is the part of me is rooting for it? I'm not gonna come lie. from like out of nowhere to be in the John conversation. Moran, Jason Tatum, probably Jason Tatum, <laughs> Devin Booker. All right, this wasn't as fun as you thought yeah, it was gonna this be. This is a less you? fun exercise yeah. than I anticipated. You thought that was gonna slap. Uh, okay, Kale, let's do something more fun. Uh, what player has the best basketball IQ? I think I know the answer to this one LeBron James. Okay. I think Jokic being that high above Chris Paul is. Thank God. I mean, he is, but like that's notable. He's made up ground on LeBron, though. You notice that? LeBron, 53, no, 45. Right. Yeah. I feel like this is a good... I honestly feel like this is a good order. Basketball IQ is one of those things that is like means something different to everyone. Um, so like this one's ambiguous enough. Yeah. I, you can't... LeBron James, come on. He's, he has, you can't complain. I mean, the IQ is, I think, his number one thing, yeah. actually. Can't complain. Hey, the funny thing about Chris Paul is you know what they factor in for Chris Paul, what they don't for other people. It's like, can I make the defender run into me from behind the and bullshit. draw That's what it is. is that draw the, like, foul Look at that IQ. Man, he, he knows the rule. But remember when he knew the like tucked-in shirt uh, one, and people were like, he's so smart. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's one word to describe that. Right. <laughs> Very smart <laughs> of him. Uh, let's yeah. pause this haters ball uh, to take a quick timeout. <laughs> Uh, guys, Evoca TV, what I need you to do is get set up with Evoca TV now. So you can accomplish two things. You can be ready for the Nugget season when it's regular season tips off, but you can even watch preseason games that are broadcast on altitude. Last night's game was on altitude. You could have watched it if you had Evoca TV, but you also need to get Evoca TV for the Serbia documentary that we've got coming out. Go to evoca.tv slash dnvr, evoca.tv slash dnvr. Get Evoca TV for only $25 a month, plus a $5 receiver fee, evoca.tv slash dnvr. Get set up with them now so you're good to go for the season. You don't have to worry about it at all. Also, the Game Time app. Don't mess around with going through all the different ticketing sites, all the different third-party sites. Every one of them has a different price. You don't know which one you want to buy your tickets from. Never do that again. Download the Game Time app and use the link in our description on the YouTube, on the podcast description if you're listening to this via podcast. Game Time is going to be your one-stop shop for tickets to concerts, shows, sporting events. You can get cheap, cheap tickets, very inexpensive, inexpensive tickets to the Denver Nuggets this season through the game time app so use that app 
you're good to go for this season. Also got thrown guys. Draft by the Kings. way, the game time app. Uh, there is one more preseason game, and then also for the home opener. What was the price we said that we saw tickets on? That? I think it was twenty two dollars for the home opener, which is the twenty two, the twenty second. On game time right now, you can get tickets for twenty two dollars. They also have this cool feature on there. Sorry, Harrison. They have this cool feature I just learned about today, where you can like say the home opener and you hit like track, and then it'll tell you if prices go down. Oh, that's cool. So then it'll send you a little alert that's like, hey, tickets are now lower than. So if you have a game. They say you want to go to the Broncos game on, you know, one of these Broncos games where you're like, ah, let's see if tickets go lower. Hit set an alert, and then it'll push notify you. Very cool. Oh, Very yeah. cool. Also, use our link, though. Use yeah. our link. Got to use the link. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. I'm taking the Broncos. Whoa. Over the Colts? Yes. Money line? Over the Colts. I love the way he just shoots from the hip on all of these. Yeah, that's the best. Just absolutely. He's picking it now. Like, yeah, what, is, what does the, it mean? Give me the Broncos minus three and a half. The Colts suck, guys. Come on. Broncos just, are at home. They had nothing like the Broncos. <laughs> Broncos don't suck. They don't suck. Well, Not like the Colts. All right. The Colts are pretty bad. That's the draft. The Colts are pick of the week. Three and a half, maybe. <laughs> I have, I'm done bet. I've taken a beating this year betting on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Every week for four weeks, I said, this is the week that the offense gets out of the rut. I'm taking yeah. the over on their points or whatever. I even buy it down. Keeps, keeps well, I don't me. think this is the week. Thursday night, short week. Yeah. So, but you're taking the three and a half. So, what are they going to win? Twelve to three. Some the Colts are terrible. Man. <laughs> Twelve to three the incoming. Let's like ride. Matt Ryan's their quarterback these days. <laughs> Let's ride. Oh, come on. Let's ride. Can you imagine if Yoke had a crazy saying that he just started saying? It's like it's, Let's nug up. <laughs> like what? We all have to just lead no, into Nuggets it. Nation. Let's hoop. Let's hoop. Someone added us last night and said, Nuggets Nation, let's mine. <laughs> it's dumb, but I liked it. It's really dumb. Who would be the guy on the Nuggets to come up with a corny-ass catchphrase? Oh, like who would that? come up and with the, corny, every time. the corniest I'll tell you who it would have been in Aaron years Gordon. Past. Are you kidding me? It's, it's Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. I think it's Aaron Gordon. 50, oh, Mr. 50 God. or whatever. Dude, did you guys see? I posted in the Slack. Nobody said anything. Aaron Gordon with a mile-high salute last night? Well, it's because he wasn't giving a mile-high salute. <clears throat> What was he giving? Oh, I mean, he's giving a salute, but I don't think he was like referencing the 90s Broncos. Uh, well, probably not, but I think we can still call it that. Oh, okay. Well, that's why I thought that was pretty dope. Uh, I, I will also say this. I thought it was dope, Harris. Thank you, Kale. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I will say the Mile High Salute Broncos, so much cooler than the Let's Ride Broncos. I oh, do feel yeah. like there's something to having a cool Jamal Murray getting the crowd going last night. I was just like, hell yeah, man, dope. we missed this. That you got dope. bones. You got him. You got guys that get the crowd going. That's true. <laughs> Jokic's cold-blooded kill. Like it's awesome in its own way, but you need a guy that like goes and tells yeah. everybody stand on up. Yeah. It looked like he had something profound to add. I don't, I feel like Mason Plumlee could have come up with a super corporate slogan <laughs> oh my to God. end all his interviews with. Uh, totally, totally was he a rapper, have. Mason Plumlee, or did he just have no, that one No, he just song. had that one video. Was that yeah, ironic? Made, yeah, I think it was. Okay, I think we all, all thought, right. like, is this a cool guy? And yeah. it's like, no, he's so not. Yeah, right. But it seems cool. Like, Plum Dog Millionaire, out. out. Something like that. <laughs> okay. uh, he, was, he was cool. All right, what else we got? Oh, wait. Oh, can we answer this earnestly? Yeah. I want to answer it earnestly who, who had been, come up with the corniest slogan. If tasked with it. Right, I think it's Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Do we just solve it right away? I mean, Michael Porter probably would come up with a pretty corny one. <laughs> yeah. Um, he would never do that, though. Bruce Brown. We got Dave on. Christian De- Brown. DeAndre Jordan. With it. No, wait. DeAndre, I'm so in on DeAndre. He <laughs> could. I'm so in on DeAndre, man. But he would be doing it not 
for the same reasons Russell Wilson like Russell Wilson I think is doing it to be like cool. Russell Wilson is a guy and, that has like eight advisors that right. that filter every he, message. He paid through. people like a so hundred thousand yeah. dollars salary to sit in a room, five yeah. of them, and yeah. come up with that. With let's ride. Yeah. They may or may DeAndre not. DeAndre Jordan would, would do it like as a joke. <laughs> well someone pointing out it is different, but Bones yelling Mile High City baby is like the closest thing we have. But it's like yeah. earnest and but it's it cool. Is earnest and it's cool. You're and right. it's simple. Well, and it's yeah. not like, Mile High City baby is is close. Paul Millsap maybe could have. Uh, oh, Millsap would have had the lamest. Thing. If Millsap, he was so yeah. he would have his like TikToks, that. man. Yeah. Oh, he's a funny guy. It's all magic. He, he would say like top five defense before every press conference. <laughs> yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just walk up to the podium. Top five defense. Walk us through the survey. How's it going? I want more. I want more right, survey Kale, highlights. Let's bask in some more Jokic glory. The GMs were polled. Who or which player is the best passer in the NBA? Oh, well, would you look at that? This is significant. This is, this is meaningful. Wow. So look, look at, at the last year. Yep. On LeBron led at 33%. Yep. Wow. Jokic took 72% of the vote this year. Wow. Can I say wow. something? Can I say something? Wow. 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 Can I say something? Yeah, this man. one's right, man. I honestly think we've did this for years. Okay. We're like best yeah. passing big miss. There's lots of different types of passes. There's lots of different things. I honestly think Jokic's the best passer. I think he's the best passer. I don't think it's close. Wow. <laughs> it took it a whole well, other level. The GMs agree with I you, honestly brother. don't think it's close. Yeah. I really don't. The types of passes he pulls off every single game that we just we just brush him off as, oh, yeah, it's a good pass. Yeah. For even like a Chris Paul to make the type of passes that Jokic does on a regular basis would be wild. Yeah, I agree. some of this is the height. Like Ish Smith had a great line. I think it was on Singer's Pod where he was like, "He makes like he makes passes that like I can see, but I can't make, make. or this yep. or that." And yep. like I do think that's part of it. Like if LeBron was seven feet tall, yeah. would he have even doper passes yeah. than he has probably? Although if he wasn't as fast or whatever. But the point remains that Yoke still throws a lot of pinpoint passes that are just like like I'll give you an example. He had one last night. Of course, yeah, and KCP wasn't ready for it. He kind of like, he like missed it in the corner. In the corner, yeah. He he like drove on it rather than just shoot the wide. It open was one of those where Yoke didn't look. Yeah, at KCP ever. the entire. He possession. just saw the defender coming he over. He just and he's knew like, he was right. there and yeah. flung it on point. But the one that stands out to me that like to me makes me feel comfortable because the fanciness of a pass doesn't necessarily make you the best passer. The one he threw to Aaron Gordon last year to win the game against the Clippers to me is like the epitome of yeah. the perfect pass because he literally saw it. You know, five seconds earlier, ten seconds earlier, and he just waited and then throws it from a backed up angle like this perfectly right. on the money. It was one of those plays where the whole everybody on the court kind of knew where they were vulnerable and he still just timed it perfectly. Right. There's no way he could actually get that pass over there. And he's like, and, and the, we're triple angle. teaming him. He's fading away off of one. He can't throw it that far. And the thing with Yoke when he completes those passes for me is I always say, could he do that again? And the answer is yes. Like, of yeah, course. Yeah. Like, he, like if he, Was that an accident? No. You know which one was even actually better? It was of the same variety, the same ilk, was the one he threw to Michael Porter in the corner to clinch the playoff game against the Blazers. The Blazers, yeah. yeah. That one where I think it was Robert Covington jumped and somehow the ball just, like, he calculated his vertical, too, and just threw it perfectly over there. <laughs> right. Right. Robert Covington, he timed his jump perfectly. Perfectly. But he still couldn't get to it. it by one inch. Yoke's yeah. like, okay, let's see, 38-inch vertical, mm. six foot nine. 
so yeah. cool. And that one was also great because it was like the perfect arc and perfect. just drop just right into Porter's. And hands. I think it was one that Yoke threw this way. Like he like spins the body in a weird way to that get was, it to him. That was a different one that he like actually put spin on it. it. Like threw a frisbee. Well, back. no, yeah. I know the one you're talking about in the Spurs where it curves. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we can do this all day. What's that one tweet? Guys can just sit around naming sports players and have a good time. Yeah. I could just sit can, around yeah. naming Jokic passes. So yeah. true, man. I could do it for probably three The Clippers hours. won. The Clippers won. Yeah, the Clippers yeah. won. MPJ in the playoffs. Yeah. Was it the Spurs where he split Derek White's face? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, dude. One yeah. one I always think about the Yoke flip pass to Murray from the post. This was like second year. Yeah. Murray's oh, yeah. first year. And he just kind of flips it like over his shoulder. Like, right. Right. Yeah. right we're of just course, the one one-handed slinger. The one-handed slinger from the Joker on the December first, 15th, 2016. The first iconic pass, I think, of Jokic's. Might have been. Uh, Anyways. Kale, I have one that has two on there. I'm not sure if you have it. Starting the franchise today and forcing opposing coaches to make adjustments. Oh, yeah. If you don't have that one, either one of those individually would be fine. There we go. Kale, you're a super producer, bro. If you were starting a franchise today, hmm. And could sign any There was only two players. NBA. It's so funny that only two players made the list. Yeah, there's so much group think among but, these GMs. They just all get on a conference call and be like, all right, let's bang out this survey. Who else would you put on this list, though? <laughs> Fucking Jokic. Uh, look, I think that there's still people that will be like GMs that will say it's easier to hide a non-center defensively. These two guys are really, really good. Yeah. So the margin between where you think they are now versus the team building. I think that would probably be what they're thinking. Yeah, that's there. There's something to yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair to me. I just it, not Durant, not Curry. If there was any other LeBron. player, could it have been Zion or something? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, I'm honestly surprised Tatum doesn't show David up. Griffin. Tatum, wasn't, like, <laughs> Zion. How much more mad oh, did yeah, you maybe Tatum, Tatum was on the list? Forty percent more mad. I'm honestly surprised he's not like a observable percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? I thought this was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, and not surprised to see Steph Curry there, number one. That he, I think coaches are still trying to figure out what adjustments to make. So with Steph? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think with him, it's just that all your principles go out the window right. with him. It's like, right. hey, we're not, we're just not letting him shoot if we can't help it. Giannis is interesting, tied with Jokic, which is cool. And then Embiid down there, you know. I see him way down there in fourth. Mm, way down there. I think that's I think that's probably true. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting. It's pretty accurate. All right, yeah. that's what I got for you, fellas. That's what the GM's had. What do you think? Any thoughts? Any observations? Any ire? Um, the GMs seem really boring and mm. uh, seem like they're all thinking on the same wavelength. I was I was surprised that the Nuggets didn't get a little bit more. Just like as a team, a little bit more love, but I, I mean, I guess people are down on the Nuggets, man. The over under even dropped. I I think, like from the national perspective, it's like, oh, hey, let's not touch that one because who knows with Murray or or Porter? Yeah, you did miss a very funny one. Which Uh team made the best overall moves this offseason? Cavs, forty-one percent. Timberwolves, seventeen percent. Jazz, also seventeen (laughs) percent. The Jazz. The Jazz and the Timberwolves. has these GMs on his He does. He does. You're so right about it. Did he? He's probably just sending like a perfectly curated email out to everybody. So when that GM survey comes in, don't forget about what we did this summer. Nuggets got an honorable mention in that last two. Did you see? And that other players mentioned in the best edition? Really? KCP. Oh, I I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, he came out with one. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually pretty excited about KCP. And Yoke today kind of gave him a, to the extent that he can a stamp of approval. Like I Dude, like playing KCP's with that guy. KCP awesome, man. I think he's, he's pretty so seamless. Good. I think he's a seamless. Yeah, fit. him starting one of eight in the five jersey though is hilarious with a headband. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty. It was. Pretty uh, do you think there are any fans at the game last night that were just yes, like a hundred percent? God damn it, Barton. Yes, I promise. You. Yeah, no I'm way. No, no, no way. No way. If you go to a preseason game, you know what you're. It's only the diehards at preseason. You're right. You're right. Uh, one dollar tickets happen, for one dollar on the game time app. Yeah. I'm um, surprised not more people were there last night. I do have to say. Oh, Why? Malone. It's, the preseason. Malone it's Jamal Murray's first game in 18 months. Malone had a little barb too. He did. That was say? funny. He he caught himself before he said. You know, he said, "How many people were here? Eleven thousand? Oh yeah, that's, I, a, that's a pretty generous number, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he said, you know, but when our fans show up, or yeah, something like I'm that. a little, I, I'm a little surprised not more people were there. Yeah. $1 tickets for Jamal Murray's first game in 18 months? Come on. You know, it's just weird not building too much more momentum when you're in San Diego and stuff. I mean, there's things you can do to try to, like, get the fan base in. There's things you can do, like, you know, have access and things like of those <laughs> natures. I'm <laughs> just saying. Be a little more cordial. Um, last thing here. Did you guys see that Carl Anthony Towns has had a mystery illness and been in the hospital? He couldn't walk, apparently, for a while. And has lost 20 pounds. Dude. This is a crazy story. This is the wrong kind of muscle watch. You, yeah. you can't. And now, I don't, who knows how much of that is water weight. Maybe you can gain some back. But nonetheless, like 20 pounds, you can't make that up. Like, you can't make 20 pounds up if you lost it, especially once the season starts. Well, that, yeah, you usually lose weight as the season goes along. <laughs> there's a lot of water weight when you get sick. And you can add a guy his height, maybe can add 10 pounds of water weight or something, you know, quickly back, but not 20 pounds of muscle mass. Like that's crazy. Who knows what the illness was, but I look at that for Minnesota. If you see their opening schedule, do you remember it? Softest schedule in the NBA. Yeah. They play the softest string of like eight games to open their season. And town that that's quite a curveball to have to deal with that now. Um, He's so. had quite the, quite the couple of years, man. It's been a lot going on for Carl Anthony Towns. Paolo Bancaro got a lion's share of the votes for Rookie of the Year, which I think will be interesting. Best player yeah. in five years of the rookie class. He also got that, although Chet Holmgren right right on his heels, which would be interesting. Yeah, I, I guess. feel like Chet's just going to be hurt his entire career, unfortunately. It sucks. Yeah. So, all right. I Him think that Victor does it. W. Cue that outro music there, Kale. I'm just going down here. Best defenders. Oh, actually, how'd you miss some of these hilarious ones? I was just trying to do the Nuggets specific stuff. Best interior, best defenders in the NBA. You know, not mentioned, Joel Embiid. Best interior defenders in the NBA. You know who's not mentioned? Who? Joel Embiid does not receive a single vote. Isn't that wild? Wait, what? I actually think that's wrong. I actually think he, he does. He's an incredible it. defender. I think no, no, but it's Rudy Gobert, 83%, which again, I'm telling you, Rudy Gobert is so much better than me. He's like a punchline. I hate him. I hate his guts. I, why am I sticking up for Rudy Gobert? Yeah, why are you? I have so many thoughts on how this survey was conducted. Like, did they not just list the top three? They only gave one answer for each person? No, it's just all of the votes. All of the votes came in. They just asked who's the best defensive player. And then they asked who's the best interior defensive player, and he got zero votes. Giannis got one, or got two, Draymond got two, and then Rudy Gobert got the rest. Yeah. But I'm even saying on like top th like player you want to start your franchise with. Everybody just gave Luca and Giannis, and then just nobody else. Michael Malone also never gets any love on these. Have you ever noticed that? Yep. Yeah, yeah man. He never, he he never gets never a single does. vote. There, there was one year where he was like an honorary mention to get Coach of the Year or something. Probably uh, the year he finished in third. The Nuggets did receive one vote for most fun team to watch. 
Oh, that's right. Forgot that Sh- one. Shouts to Tim Conley. Yep. That, that <laughs> is Tim. Was that Tim voting? <laughs> that would be awesome. Shouts to Conley for sure. He, he's like, oh shit, I'm not the GM of the Nuggets anymore. <laughs> Damn it. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We always appreciate it. Tomorrow, the Fame Tarot card. We're gonna learn Whoa. our fates tomorrow. Wow. I can't wait for it. We hope you tune in four o'clock Mountain Time. See you then. <laughs>